0: hello everyone and welcome to the grace peace and balance podcast by gabby abdelgadir and today is episode 107 and i have got this incredible young lady that i have been like following for god knows how long and we finally made it and i'm so happy that she is on my podcast today her name is elena rodriguez Elena is a multi-award-winning speaker, serial author, and entrepreneur dedicated to helping all walks of life transforming into the best versions of themselves possible, both personally and professionally. She is the founder of the nonprofit The Christmas Widow. Elena has a strong history of optimizing the human experience through the art of forgiveness, resilience, and rekindling inner strengths and hardships and has built a strong reputation, I attest to that, for providing that anyone can achieve their dreams with the right guidance tools and splashes of heartfelt motivation. She has a long bio. I'm going to be posting her bio and all her social media links both on Podbean and YouTube and please do follow her and get in touch with her. She is a dynamo. Um, So Elena is a compassionate change agent in the empowerment and life progression landscapes. Values transparency and every effort that she does in this arena all rests on one cornerstone notion. Her passion for helping others not just succeed but ultimately thrive. I love it. Elena, welcome to my podcast.
1: Oh, thank you, Gabby, for having me. It's an honor to be here. And yes, that bio is long, but it's just because I love letting people know how much I care and uh, that we all have the ability to transform our lives. Yes, absolutely.
0: And uh, still, I haven't mentioned about how many bestsellers you have and things, but we will get to that. So talk to me. Um, Tell me a little bit about you growing up.
1: Oh, goodness. Growing up, um, I always... I always was the quiet one. I was always the serious child that could never do the goofy things, or I was always the rule follower. Um, I never, I never really, um, I just was steadfast. I was quiet. I was always the one that people just came to when they needed help and guidance, Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've just always been really quiet and really serious.
0: <laughs> oh, you were unlike me because I was a tomboy. I was just give me soccer, basketball anytime. Like, that's yeah. your opposite.
1: I wasn't quiet growing up. Yeah, I, you know, I danced, I took dance, uh, I played the flute. Um, I excelled at the things I did, but I really, I really thrived being alone it just, it being alone was comfortable for me ever since I was little. Yeah. Really? What about now? Uh, It's kind of still the same. Um, you know, and I think looking, looking back, I realized that it is because of my purpose and the role that I play in, in the lives of many, I need that alone time. Um, that's where, that's where I'm able to hear God speak to me. That's where I'm able to hear what I'm to do next. Um, that's how I stay clear even when life is crazy. Yeah. So it still serves me well. Um, I love to meet people. I love to be with people, but then I have to retreat <laughs> and, and refuel. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's so
0: true because I remember I always had stressful jobs and I always took when I go on vacation the first five days I had to be alone. Yeah. And yeah. then I would meet my friends. Yeah, uh, because we always organize. But now I am like you. Alone time, quiet time is priceless for me right now. It has been for the past few years. Yes, I do have friends. We go out, but yeah, I love that. But um, yeah, and then
1: tell me you had siblings. Um, I have one sister. Oh, she is seven years older than me. Okay. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of um, things that we couldn't connect on. Right. Know, 17, babe. I'm 10. I'm clearly not understanding where where she's at. But she was like my mom. Um, oh. She she always just took me with her. Her friends were my friends. So they all. Um, you know, took me in, and I was always the little sis that was that was always hanging around. And she lives um, in a different state from me now, and we don't see each other too maybe once a year. So it's it's tough, but she's my she's my big sister and and my best friend. Um, but she. Oh, like I was always with her.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I think because the way you you shared with me how your childhood was, you were mature from day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really mature. Yeah. Because for me, yes. like I used to fight a lot. And, uh, you know, my mom is like, I'm not having a girl and I'm having a tomboy. <laughs> so, yeah. So you were mature uh,
1: in your. Uh, from yeah, young I age. Yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah, um, I was. I was really close to my dad. Um, I, you know, and my parents divorced and he left when I was like eight. And so that just really, um, the work that I do now stems from the healing that I had to do from such an impactful moment at a young age. So I just, I took everything in. I tried to stay strong for him. I tried to stay strong. I, I was the one trying to stay strong for everyone when I was the child that should have just had people take care of me. yeah. I kept it inside because I, I wanted everybody to be good. So I think that kind of just stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: So you finished school.
1: When did you get married? Um, I um, finished school and I married when I was 20. Um, I got married when I was 24 and um, had my first child when I was 27. And um, so I felt older, you know, I felt like I was older. My second child came when I was 31 and we stayed together for almost 16 years. And then we got, we got a divorce, but we're, we're great friends today. We were, we're better as friends. Mm -hmm. I ended up remarrying um, uh, someone I knew back in high school
0: Oh, wow.
1: So that's, that's my husband that um, he ended up passing away of a heart attack. Oh,
0: that is the one. So the Christmas widow.
1: Mm-hmm. That's me. That,
0: yeah, that's okay.
1: That's you. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, the Christmas widow, you know, I, I, I talk about our pain and how our pain has incredible power in our lives. Um, pain has the power to either allow you the strength to do amazing things forward yeah. that you never imagined, or it has the power to stop you right then and stay in that place yeah. forever. It's, it's extremely powerful. And so my husband had a heart attack. Uh, he had his heart attack on November 30th. And he was in ICU for 25 days. Oh, wow. Dying on Christmas Eve. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: So it took me a little while after going through so many things, but I knew everything serves a purpose. Everything can everything can be a positive if you choose to look at it that way and, and you do something with it. And, you know, God knows that that's my belief. And so... When it dawned on me that that Christmas Eve, when I came home from the hospital with my two sons, we hadn't been home like in a month. We had stayed at the hospital just off and on. We go, we ate at the hospital. So coming home on Christmas Eve, there was no Christmas presents under the tree. We had no food in the house. Um, There just was. Christmas is my favorite time of year, and there was no. I love baking you know all the christmas stuff and it's just my happy time and there was nothing that said it's christmas because he had just died and my heart ached for my kids like on another level even though i was hurting just not having christmas for your kids was yeah. so hard and i just thought i want to help um new widows that have young kids that are celebrating their first christmas without their spouse and uh, so I started The Christmas Widow, which is a nonprofit. We do so much more today, but it initially started with just wanting to help newly widowed families and the kids have a Merry Christmas. Oh. And that's, that's, that was a way for me to turn my pain yeah. into, a, into power, um, power to make a difference in people's lives. So that's, that's where I came up with The Christmas Widow.
0: Yeah. How long has it been since you started this not-for-profit?
1: Not a year. So, so we're still in our baby, our baby phase. We're still learning. We're still growing. Uh, last year, last Christmas of 2021, we were able to sponsor one family because it was brand new. And to see the two little boys um, have smiles on their face, their mom sent me pictures on Christmas morning with them in their matching pajama pants and stuff. And she said, you know, thank you for these smiles that you're that you helped put on their faces. faces. Uh, It it makes it all worth it. It makes your pain count for something.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that this year is going to be much more than just one family. Yes.
1: I have a feeling. Yes. My goal, my goal is five. You know, I'm I'm shooting for five. Uh, it could be more. It depends on the 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 funds that we raise and and how we're able to help. But we take we take the widowed families by nomination. Oh. So um, at the Christmas Let's say you knew a a friend of yours who lost a spouse, whether it be a husband lost his wife or a wife lost her husband, um, just they lost a spouse. So it would be up to you to go to the website and nominate your friend. And And they have to have children though, right? Yes. Yeah, they have have Um, have to have children. And one of the other things that we look for is that there was no life insurance um, that they really are doing this and left with like, Nothing. my husband did not have life insurance and he, he was 49. So we had land, we had property that we thought would, you know, someday take care of us, but we, he wasn't in any, any state that told us he was sick or about to have a heart attack. So no, he did not have life insurance. And so to me, starting from scratch and dealing with such a financial bomb really that falls on you. Um, so we're looking for families that are truly in need with children. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so
0: good that you mentioned that, that people would know because when my husband passed, I also didn't, um, I also didn't, uh, have a, um, we didn't have an insurance. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a tough time. So I really understand what you're saying. And I really appreciate how you actually are going around it or going about it. The fact that you're thinking about those who don't didn't have life insurance and financially struggling now raising kids at the same time. It's yeah. not, oh my God, that is yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Um, and, you know,
1: as a, as a mom... At that time at Christmas, it's like we can't we can't fix everything, but if we can at least take a little bit of pressure off and and do some gifts for the kids, like if we can at least do something for that Christmas, um, it, it. it's a, it's a big deal. It, it helps a big deal. And you also, I'm
0: guessing you give a little bit of financial help to the, to the mom or to yes. the dad. Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, we, we are able to give some financial help, whether, um, they pay a, a bill yeah. or, you know, um, wh- however that wants to happen. We give a little financial help. Um, we give some meal tickets and meal gift cards and stuff. Um, and then, we'll gather some information in advance of what are some of the things that are needed, but then what are some of the fun things that the kids like or, or would um, enjoy? And so we throw some, you know, we throw some necessities in, but it's also about letting them get some things that are gonna put smiles on their face. Okay, so
0: can we share uh, the link to your uh, charity, to your not for profit I would, yeah, I, would, that. I would like to share that and yes. uh, I will also share it here. And then yes. we can also expand it into LinkedIn and all.
1: Definitely. And, uh, I would love yeah. that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. So let's talk about your
1: books. Yes. Yes. So your first book, my first book broken stronger. Um, my first book, you know, the, the concept of it is the Mariposa effect. So the butterfly effect, you know, um, change one thing, change everything. Mm -hmm. And one thing is you. And I take you on a journey more of for those that are sitting at jobs that they just don't, you know, they're they're not loving their job because they know that there's something bigger, there's something higher. And so I do talk about divine purpose quite a bit when you have that calling or that tug that I just know I'm meant for more than this but what is it? What, you know, what do I do? And so the book is really taking somebody that's at a job that they're just watching the time tick by and and they're getting through five days a week, looking forward to just two days on the weekend. Like that is, that is, you know, you should thrive every single day. And so it's really about the process of what it really takes to break free and become your own boss. But it really is in the sense that, that applies to your life in general, coming yeah. out of that cocoon, coming out of that darkness. What does it really take to break free and thrive? And yeah. that's my first book. I started it three weeks after my husband died.
0: Oh wow, that fast.
1: Yes. Good for you. And then yeah. you wrote another. Book. I co-authored um yeah. second book, Latinas Lead the Way, um, or Latinas Who Boss Up. Sorry, I have a group called Latinas Lead the Way. Um, mm-hmm but Latinas Who boss Up, that was a collaboration of Latinas from all around um, that came together to just share personal stories of what we've gone through and how we have um, taken difficulties and pushed through, whether it be cultural difficulties and educational difficulties um, and are doing something amazing to give back today. So I'm very proud of that project. Okay, nice. And then you'll have, My third book I'm working on. I'm working on on my third book. And it is The Christmas Widow. The Christmas Widow. um, It's really my personal story, uh, the journey of healing. But, you know, one of the things that I do share and not not to put darkness on it, but I share it because I know that there are certain people that are stuck in this space. But after my husband died, I discovered uh, an affair that he had been having for at least five years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't discover it until nine months after he died. And so I struggled with the fact of like, God, why did I have to find this now? Like, why, why, what do I do with this now? And so part of the work that I do um, and part of the Christmas widow is we do education on on. Rebuilding confidence and rebuilding self-esteem. Uh, we talk about mental mental illness and health. Like there's so much more that goes into it. But that's part of my, that's part of my personal story of how did, how did I pick up after discovering something that just really pierced my spirit, but it was after he was dead. So How did,
0: how did it come about? How did you find out like after nine
1: months after he passed? Well, I knew the I knew the woman. In fact, she was in my home just days before I discovered this, but I really had no idea, no clue that this had been going on. Um and it was a fluke discovery. Um he had his own business and you know, it's it's almost like before he passed away, he had gotten a new telephone. So when he when he died, that's the phone that I needed to use to contact um, contractors and people that he was working with. Well, this many months later, I was still trying to clean up things with the business and everything. And and I needed this number and I was really surprised it wasn't in his phone. And then I remembered he, he was using a newer phone. Let me find that older phone And so I had to charge it, it had been sitting for all those months. And um, as soon as I turned it on, I I saw this string of messages and I knew who the person was. And I thought, Elena, don't open it. Like don't, don't open it. And I opened it and I was able to literally see and read and take in everything that had happened for five years it was all there was it a person like a family friend or uh, it was somebody because of his work um he worked in residential and commercial um so the residential it had been a client oh, okay that he did work for her home and i knew of her i just had no idea that at that time an affair started. And, um, she was in the picture before we actually got married. He was my second marriage. I had been divorced and he had been divorced. Um, she was in the picture. What, like on our wedding day without me even without me even knowing. So that was one of those things that I struggled with. Like why marry me? You know, why, why even go through with it? What, like, but that's, that's literally how I discovered it. And um, then there were so many other things that I was able to see that I couldn't see before. But now that I knew it all made sense. she she was present while I was giving updates on him at the hospital. Um, she was present in like so many areas. Um, but I didn't realize because I didn't I didn't know. But that's that's when I say I discovered his affair. That's, I mean, it was all there. Correspondence, photos. Um, like I literally was watching this relationship. Um, unfold over a five-year time span oh my goodness there was no denying (laughs) like there was no denying it's not like I heard from somebody or somebody thought something like no it was right there I got to read everything and see everything and yeah it was it was tough
0: do you think his co-workers may have known this was going on
1: somebody must have I'm sure um it it was it was amazing. At the moment I started asking questions, um, everybody fell off. People I thought were friends were not friends. So I'm sure I was probably the only one that didn't realize this was happening.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. you had to go through it. And it didn't have to come. Well, it's good to know, but it's also, there was no point because he was gone.
1: Yeah. That's why I wondered like, God, why did like, why, And so because I believe in pain to power, um, the process that it took me to go through to find the blessing in it, I I believe that there's a blessing in everything if we choose to look for it. And I thought I was able to pull myself through. I was able to forgive without an apology. I was able to um, love myself more through it. And I thought there's people out there who haven't experienced it the same way that I did, but that are still stuck in it or that are still blaming themselves or that still feel that something was wrong with them or they're not good enough. And yeah. I want to be the voice that says, it's not about you. you what yeah. that person was going through is about them, but it's not your shame to carry. It's yeah, not. Exactly. So, yeah. so to me, I feel that that's the reason I had, I discovered it, that God, God put me in that position because now I talk about it. I'm not ashamed of it. And and, um, in the beginning, people had a really hard time. Like, how dare you talk about this? You know, he passed away and it's like, but this is my story. Yeah, This is what I'm living. This is, these are the pieces I've had to pick up and rebuild. And I just want to be an inspiration to people that have had this happen to them, um, that you can be happy again. You yeah. can yourself again. Your confidence can come back. Um, don't let it break you. So absolutely. Oh my goodness.
0: Absolutely. Went through this. So you're going to be speaking, talking about that and mm-hmm. in your new book. Yes oh my god i can't wait to read because this is just the tip of the iceberg and it is i just know the tip. that yes. yeah there's a <laughs> lot yeah so i can't wait to read i can't wait i have two books that are coming my way now right yes they're on and their
1: way to you as we speak yes yeah,
0: yeah so that and uh, i can't wait for the new one to come when do you expect to
1: publish the this one my goal um, if if everything goes as planned is to have it released around thanksgiving so that it can be titled The Christmas Widow. Um, I just want to have it released around Thanksgiving before the holiday. Before
0: the holiday. It makes sense. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful story. And then you used to run, before you became a life coach and uh, doing all these great things,
1: you used to have a gym.
0: Is that my understanding? Yeah, a fitness studio.
1: Yeah, I, um, I uh, taught in the uh, fitness industry. I did dance fitness, you know, Oh, okay. so many different things now, but back then when I started, there wasn't like really a whole lot. And, um, so for 14 years, um, studio and I, I taught class and, um, I had associates that taught for me and, uh, got on stage every day. And, um, you know, then, then it seemed like all of these corporate gyms like the you know the ones that can be open 24 hours and you go in and you jump on a treadmill and stuff like all of these gyms opened up and I literally physically taught my classes Mm -hmm. so I tried to add so many time slots and so many options to accommodate my students and physically I just beat my body up I just I couldn't do it so I had to close and that was so hard for me like yeah it was so hard but I also realized that the part of teaching that I really loved was pushing people and motivating people and like getting through those times. You think you can't keep going like, yes, you can, you can keep going. And so when I realized that that's the part I love, it wasn't necessarily, it didn't have to happen through exercise. And that's when I became licensed in coaching and training. And I just changed the platform. Um, of exercise to now I speak to help push you through and keep going but more on a life a life coaching stage so
0: oh my god that's so what a beautiful um, way to transform transform mm-hmm. the the studio the coaching there the, the dance there to a life coaching i really love yes. the way you've uh, transpired so let's yeah, talk it was... about
1: yeah mm-hmm. No, no, I was going to say it was really hard because I don't know if you can relate to this or not or, uh, or if your listeners can. But because I did that for so many years and I loved it, but I associated my self-worth to what I did. And so creating those relationships with all my students, I when I closed, it almost was like, who am I? without being the fitness instructor. Right. And then, and then I went through the phase of, are these people my friends because they're really my friends or were they my friends because I was their trainer, you know? So I tied so much of my worth to what I did. Yeah. And, and I had to go through that, um, rebuilding who am I, and, and when, and that's when it dawned on me that this is what I love to do. It doesn't have to be through fitness. And so that was part of it. Um, so I think sometimes, especially through COVID, when people were hands on with people, because yeah. that's what they did. And then they could no longer do that. They were left faced with like, gosh, like what's left for me? What do I do? Who, who am I? And I don't know if you have ever been through that, but that's where oh I, oh my God. Yes. Trust me.
0: Oh, yes. I have. Like I have even now as we speak, like I'm thinking like I need to go somewhere where I don't know anybody and nobody knows me. Just like one week is all I need. Meditate daily, do my prayer, read at least a book. Like every two days I finish one book. Quiet, eat healthy. And uh, I know that what is inside still more. There is more inside. I know that is gonna come out. But like you said, being quiet, you know that is what I'm looking for. Oh yeah, still yeah. more to come. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so because the title of this conversation is stepping into your uh, divine purpose, what is your advice to the listeners? Not only the widowers, but everybody who is struggling right now. What is your advice about how to step into their divine purpose?
1: Yes, divine purpose to me is very different than just purpose. Yeah. Um, divine, like like whatever it is that you step out to do, you're choosing that. You're choosing. Um, that this is the career I'm going to build, or this is the profession that I'm going to go in. So you're choosing it. Divine purpose chooses you, and to me, it shows up. Not I. I don't believe everybody looks for their divine purpose or believes they even have one. So- but you have that general tug in your gut that that call that. Almost like I I explain it like you feel like you're suffocating in your own skin because there's so much more. And yet you don't want to be left looking like you're ungrateful for all you have. Yeah. But there's so much more. And you just know there's so much more. And all the things you're trying and all the things that you're doing, you're not having the success that you thought you would. It's in those moments that I step back and say pause and, and really take inventory because divine purpose is choosing you. So that to me tells me that you're not doing what your spirit needs to do, what your spirit is here to do. And it's a, it's a conflict between your mind and, and your heart. And in that space, it's It's really important to look at why did you select the profession you did or why did you choose the business route that you did? Um, Because maybe just maybe there's something different in there that you really should be doing. Yes. And, And give yourself permission to change your mind. Give yourself permission to do something in a different way. And that to me is the difference between divine purpose and just stepping into a purpose. Um, And the other thing to look for is, is what you're doing, serving somebody else? Or did you go into something to serve yourself? And because divine purpose is about what you have to give to others. You're rewarded. Definitely. You're rewarded for work that you do, but that's not your intention behind it. Your intention behind divine purpose is using yourself as that vessel to bring blessings to others. God will take care of you in that way. So to me, it's really the advice I would give is if you feel that you're like screaming inside of your own, you know, silence or you're, you're needing to shed your skin, like there's just that huge desire for more and you don't know what to do about it that to me is like we need to talk because divine purpose is pulling at you and it's up to you to allow it yeah to come out but not everybody does not i know they don't know
0: i know what you mean yeah and then the thing is like listen yeah yeah you have to listen to your body to your mind to your spirit And then you cannot listen, you cannot expect or get to your divine purpose if you're stressed out. It doesn't work. You need that, like you and I, we talked about it earlier, like about be quiet, spend time alone, meditate, deep breathe. And then that is when you will be able to listen to what your divine is telling you to do. It will come to you. That's guaranteed. It, it, It does. Yes yeah, it does it
1: definitely comes to you and that's why one of the parts of the, the the work that I do is I call it pain to to power because so much time we're stuck in the pain different pain moments in our life that's what creates that fear and anxiety of being still and being silent yeah because yeah. you don't you don't want to go there if you, if you stay busy if you keep going if it, if things are noisy at least you don't have to feel those moments of pain or loneliness. And so I choose to look for the gift in those painful moments. And so that's where I start the work. Like, let's start with what actually hurt you. Let's find the gift in it. And that allows you to look at things differently forward. But now you have the power and the strength to do something about it, to step into that divine purpose. Yeah, so true. Because
0: um, before I became into all this personal development and all that stuff, Every time I am stressed out or I don't like something happens, I always let it out on housework.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even
0: if the house is clean, I would scrub and clean and do laundry and cook and this that is how I used to release my my stress. No, Mm -hmm. it's the opposite should happen. Like you should just calm down, just be quiet just that's when you would be able to listen. So I totally agree with you. That was a great advice. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that was great. I could do another episode with you. And uh, okay. Can I ask (laughs) you personal questions that I ask everybody?
1: Absolutely. I tell whatever you want to
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yeah, before we close, I have to ask you a couple that I always ask everybody. If you had to visit three countries before you die. What countries would they be?
1: You know, um, gosh, I, w- I would like to go to Canada. Okay. That's not even come. I'll cook well, for you. I'll take <laughs> you, or I'll drive you around. Are you kidding me? That's not even too far. No, you got to. It's, it's not. It's um, not. And, and then, of course, I would say Mexico. Okay. Um, you know, but, but really um, the heart of it, every time I've gone, it's been just a vacation to a resort and yeah, that's not, that's not the true experience. And I know that, you know, Um, gosh, like, like from history or movies you've watched or like uh, what countries? I love the Roman, um how w- w- the Roman empire, where, where is that? Rome, Catholic. Yeah. The uh yeah, Rome, Italy. Yeah, that's why my brain is like well, I would love to go into that study. Like I, I love that era and I love all of that. That that's that's one. That's one. Okay.
0: Yeah. And two? Oh, you have two more to choose. I really don't.
1: I've not I, I mean I honestly and this might sound crazy. I talked about this on my live just last night like I don't have a bucket list I don't have um no you don't eh? I do yeah I don't I I'm just
0: planted here (laughs) okay got it okay you wanted to come to Canada you know it's gonna happen yeah I know because I
1: know people there that I've met so much so many recently that it's like oh my gosh it is not far it would be great to just go go see everybody in person
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next year, definitely. Maybe not this year, but definitely next year, um, something may happen. And then you guys all can come. and. But it it is kind
1: of funny because I had this conversation with my kids not too long ago. And they asked me the same question. If you could go anywhere, you know, and I really draw a blank because I think I am just so programmed in being present that I don't desire to be anywhere. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, than so. where I am. So there's not really anything that I, that I, um, I think my son wants to go to Italy next year. So I'm like, great, but I'm, I'm doing that because that's somewhere he wants to go. Not because I have a a desire or need. Yeah, so why I say, I always have felt weird because I don't, um, I'm good. I'm good here every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
0: love uh, the reason is it's not about getting in the plane and going somewhere but i also love to learn about people's cultures yes. traditions and history like you know and things like that yeah so for me travel is definitely after books my next passion is travel yeah. uh books books i if jose thinks he is like the book guy like i am also addicted like a book addict since for as long as i remember yeah. Except the difference is the last 20 plus years, I moved from all the other books. I used to to, list, to read a lot of health and stuff, women, especially women's uh, magazines and books. A lot mm-hmm. of fiction, obviously, but I moved into the personal growth, yeah. personal development. The last eight years or so, I also moved into leadership and into leadership was part of the 20 years, but I moved into spirituality. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that has changed me a lot. The spiritual books like have helped me a lot, like the power of now, you know, how to just calm down. You were talking about it without even mentioning the book. You just talked about it and Mm -hmm. uh, you know how to be calm. And then uh, like the four agreements and the fifth agreement Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of these spiritual books, I am a Deepak uh, Chopra fan as well. The seven laws of, uh, yeah. So I, Yeah, I, I love those things. So, yeah, so travel would be my second, if I, I have to say. Still, like, I don't know with all this uh, COVID, uh, God knows, whatever they're saying. I don't know yeah. how it's going to happen, but that yeah. would be a dream that I would like to
1: continue to do. So, okay, so at least you want to go Yeah, because um, I think being so introverted, the idea of being somewhere so grand and so big of a note, like that that freaked me out <laughs> yeah but you don't have to travel
0: alone you know you can go right. with your sons or you can go yeah. with friends actually I think with friends would be much more fun yeah probably because you could have a good laugh over the stupidest things and you yeah. can just enjoy this with your children you always have like a mom right yeah that is yeah. different but I think with the close friends one or two of them you travel together there is no fear when you're together right Yeah, Because you go to strange places, always you're worried and things like that. So yeah, uh, I'd have
1: to go with people and say, you guys just take care of me because I'm going wherever you tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, you have to do your duty. We need to see this place, that place, that place. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, so that is beautiful. Okay, so if there is one dream you want to fulfill before you die, you already have a lot of dreams that you're working on, you're fulfilling. But if there is one dream that you would love to fulfill before you die? What would it be that you haven't done so far?
1: My, my ultimate dream is to be able to speak in front of massively loud crowds. Um, I want to speak life into people. I want to speak um, just love into people. That, that's honestly my dream is um, to just have people come to be filled up with such inspiration and love and power and self-belief and faith and leave feeling like they know that they are meant for more, that they can do more. And that's ultimately, that's my, that's my dream.
0: Okay. So then if you were invited, let's say to speak
1: in australia
0: what are you going to i would go in a heartbeat
1: like i would go in a heartbeat for my dream (laughs) but 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 do you see like that that's where that's where it kind of shows up that divine purpose yeah that's not about me yeah it's because i want to feed into so many people so the moment it turns into my purpose yeah i'm there but if you're asking me like what do i want where do i want to go i'm like i'm
0: I'm good. We also need a break, you know. We work hard. We do a lot of things. We sometimes need a break, at least once or a little twice a year. And I do. Maybe I need some Gabby in my life. <laughs> I you be like, girl, pack your bag. We're going. Let's go. Yeah, I know. Eh? Yeah, come to Canada, and then uh, yeah, we can show you have a lot of beautiful places here. Even in the province we're in, absolutely beautiful places we have here. So if you want to take a break and
1: just come. We might have to do that. we might yeah, talk yeah. about that. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that is my dream. Um, yeah. That is my dream. And I always say, if your time on earth was up, if you knew that, that the end was near, would your dreams have a chance, an opportunity to come to you and say, why didn't you do anything with us? You know, we came to you over and over again. Why didn't you pay attention to us? And I don't want my dreams to ever be able to do that. And so that's really my ultimate dream um, is that my my two sons be, of course, successful and, and sound that, you know, that their happiness, of course. But my dream is to just know that I am speaking a life and love into people and that they leave a little bit more, um, inspired in their spirit. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. That was absolutely beautiful. What is your last
1: word? Uh, my last word is thank you for this opportunity. It has been such a joy to talk with you. And the last word for, for the listeners is one of the things that has transformed my life. Um, is when I found out about all the stuff going on with my husband, when, when my world was really falling apart, um, God said, stop wasting time asking questions, you know, you will never receive answers to. True. And, and I share that today with a lot, What because it's so true. We spend a lot of time replaying things wondering why why me why did this happen what could I have done different like all these things that keep us feeling yucky yeah. um, and we're wasting time that we could be doing something positive forward but that but that was the message stop wasting time asking questions that you know you will never receive answers to so that's what I leave with the listeners
0: today absolutely beautiful thank you so much thank Elena you. that was absolutely fantastic and everybody I will be posting her bio and social media links like I said please do get in touch with her follow her and uh you know she will you will not regret it just get in touch with her okay until the thank next you. episode stay, stay safe wishing you grace peace and balance